You're listening to the Utah Checkdown Podcast. And now your hosts, Josh Furlong and Robert Jackson. Welcome back to another edition of the Utah Checkdown Podcast. I'm Josh Furlong, joined today with co-host Robert Jackson, as well as Solomon Enos from the University of Utah. Obviously, you've heard his name before if you're listening to this podcast, but uh, we're, we're always grateful to have him on uh, every Monday and, and chatting. Today's a Tuesday, so we're a little behind, but uh, it's, it's been a week, right? Uh, there's nothing going on this week for Solo. Uh, it's just pretty easy, just doing some homework, you know, that kind of stuff, right? Nah. Yeah, I'm dealing with this snowstorm today. Ah, no snow. See this? Look, we're, we're <laughs> going to call this the championship edition of the podcast. Okay, we're just going to we're going to dub it that. But today, I was more grateful to be going down to Vegas than any point in this year. So I don't know about you. How about you? No, I'm excited to go back. Like we mentioned, or we talked about earlier on the other podcast, um, playing in Vegas is like one of the best environments, especially at Legion Stadium. So you know, having another opportunity to go back and play for another championship is a great feeling. And you're one of is four it, out of the last five years. That, one of uh, what, what half a dozen players that have been. I mean, if you don't count the COVID year, you've literally been every year of your Utah career to the the Pac-12 championship game. Yeah, so it's been the whole. I think the remainder of the 2018 class that they signed um, that's been there four years. So you know, that's just you know, you have to be just grateful and honored to have the privilege to be in that game. And uh, that's just a credit to the players that's been through the program that set us up for this moment. And uh, the coaches, the culture, you know, support staff, you know, everybody's played a role. And, you know, I'm just beyond grateful to be able to even say that, you know, I mean, obviously we've won only one so far, but, you know, just having the opportunity to do that, not many people get to do that. So, you know, just, just grateful and honored to have to be, to be a part of that opportunity. Well, let's let's break this down coming from the very beginning, right? Because obviously there was a lot that, that went into play to get you guys there. So last week, you guys knew you had a game against Colorado, and, and I don't think anybody really expected Colorado to put up a fight against you guys. But um, you, you go into the week knowing that there was four options that needed to, to fall in your favor, one of them obviously being you guys needed to beat Colorado. Did, were you, how much of that were you aware of? How much of it did you know going into the game? And kind of what were your kind of thoughts before the game? Yeah, so we knew the scenario already, um, you know, who had to do what, this, that, and the other, all the, uh, the logistics to it. But um, the biggest thing was is just winning our game. You know, that that's, I think that was the biggest point because imagine if everything else happened and we didn't take care of our side of the deal, you know, that would have been horrible. So uh, I think the biggest thing was, you know, just take care of our game, you know, play our tails off, win the game, and then wherever the cards lay, that's how we play them. Um, you know, fortunate for it to, you know, play out the way it did. But yeah, it was just the biggest thing was just staying locked in and winning our game. That was the biggest point. And I think part of that too is, I mean, it's it's easy to kind of fall flat in those games, right? Like you're, it's the end of the season. Uh, you know, the, it, it's still a long odds to be able to get to the Pac-12 championship game. It's Colorado. Things haven't been going well for them this year. Uh, you know, you've, you've had games over your career where, you know, the team just doesn't kind of show up, right, in, in a lot of respects. You may still win, um, but it's just a long season gets at you. So, I mean, obviously you guys <laughs> rolled in that game. There wasn't anything stopping you. Everything was going well. What what made it so that you guys just kind of had that fire, that that energy to be able to just get through it and, and like you said, get that game, which was clearly one of the things you needed to do? Um, I think it was just playing Utah football. I think it was just more of a take care. Because, yeah, it was the last game of the season, and obviously you want to get that ninth win. I think that was one of the factors, but I think the bigger – thing was get this win so just in case everything else plays out the way it does which it did you know we're we're set and we're ready to go you know it wasn't you know a lot of people were thinking like oh Colorado like well like they saw scholarship players you know anything can happen in college football so we had to be ready and we, we prepared like we normally do but I think the biggest thing was just taking care of business so just in case everything else played out which it did uh that we were good to go did you guys have a, a watch party for the Washington Washington State game later that night, or how did you guys finally find out that you guys were going to be going to Vegas? Well, so we got home early from the game, which is rare um, uh, from an away game. But for me, I my thing was I didn't want to watch the game. I didn't want to. 
I don't know why I was just like, you know, let me just keep an eye on Bleacher. Yeah, I just let me just keep my eye on Bleacher Report and go from there. Um, and then I watched, I think, like last couple plays um, with my girlfriend. But other than that, it was more of I just didn't want to watch it. I didn't want to be like, I don't know. I have like a, I guess, a superstition of like watching games like that, like big game. Yeah, I just nope. Let me just keep my eye on the score. It's the Michael Scott. I'm not superstitious. I'm just a little stitious. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it definitely is. <laughs> I love it. Did y'all watch it? Yo, y'all probably were watching it the whole. Y'all probably watched both of the games, or yeah, because was... UCLA played Cal. I think Friday or yep. Friday night, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you guys were probably watching both games then. Yeah, the the tough part for me was uh, flipping between the Oregon Oregon State game because it was going on right at the same time as you guys were playing Colorado, uh, mm-hmm. and then just seeing it go from thirty one. I think it was 31-10 with like three or four minutes left in the third quarter, thinking there's no way. And then all of a sudden, Oregon State gets a blocked punt, and they get another botched snap on a punt, and then all of a sudden it's a close game, and they take the lead. And, man, like that that game was a little bit of a roller coaster. The Washington State game, for me, like it was just so late. I had a, I had a tough time staying up. I, I think I watched until about halftime uh, before I, I uh, hit the bed. But – I watched uh, the whole games. Game. What is it? Pack twelve at dark after dark. Pack twelve after dark. Pack twelve after dark. <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah, yep. I, I stayed up to watch the entirety of the game. I mean, I I was watching it all just because it's like my fate's tied into this as well, right? Trying to figure out what it is, and so uh, it was it was tough because it's like Washington would go ahead, and it was just like okay, everything's great, and then Washington State would come back, and it was just like this back and forth game forever, and. It was, uh, I, I was telling one of the fellow beat writers, it's like, you know, my my interest in the game doesn't really matter. It, it's a matter of, uh, you know, if I follow you guys to Vegas or if I stay home and, and work on other things as you guys prepare for a bowl. But I found myself being really anxious during that game because it was just like, I just don't know what's going to happen. Um, and I want to figure out, like, where I'm going to be. And it, it, it's just kind of an interesting feeling to be able to be there and, and have a game where... You know, it's obviously a rivalry game. The two teams, you know, they don't hate e- or they don't hate each other, but they don't like each other in a lot of respects. Um, but they're playing for two other teams essentially. You know, Washington wins, you guys are in, and Washington State or Washington State wins, and Oregon's in. So it's just kind of this weird rivalry game that has a lot of implications, but not for the teams on the field. So uh, it was it was interesting, but I mean, what what was the you know on the game during the your guys's game? Kyle Whittingham said that he was getting score updates periodically for uh, the the Oregon Oregon State game. Did you guys? I mean, obviously had they had the video board there that they would show the score every once in a while. Were you guys checking that? Did you guys have other people kind of passing the word, so to speak, or or kind of how did that play out? Did you care? Yeah, I think the it was mainly the video board because we'd always look up and or it was Oregon State was up a, by a little bit and then. Oregon was up and then we were playing most of the Colorado game and then you look back and then Oregon State's finally up and it's just like going back and forth. So it was just really watching the video board and just it's just crazy though how like like for example, what game was it when we were playing at Rice Cycles? Someone lost. I think it was Bama, Tennessee beat yeah, Bama. Right. <laughs> and like the whole stadium went crazy. It's kind of like the same thing in Colorado. Like the fans were cheering for it while we were still playing the game. So we were just, you know, checking peri- like periodically up on the screen when it would pop up. So, um, I mean, but we still had to finish the game, of course, the Colorado game. But it was interesting seeing, like, who, like, you're not really watching the game. You're just seeing the score pop up. So you don't really know how, like, you're not getting a feel for who's, like, really controlling the game. So that was the interesting part. Have you ever been a part of anything like that where, you know, you're still in your game, but you're, you're finding yourself kind of score watching as well? Because I can't imagine that's something that is a pretty common thing for you guys so, you know, I mean, like you're focused in on your game. You've talked about it many times, but now that there's this kind of this distraction a little bit that's off to the side that you're not fully paying attention to it, but it's it's there. Yeah, I think especially at Rice Eccles, like, I mean, when we're on offense on the sideline and they put up the little progress scores or whatever, we'll always look and like, like oh, this team's losing or this team's winning, blah, blah, blah. Um it's not really a distraction it's just something like just to really look at just for like a brief second um but besides like having um you know being in the situation where we're waiting for teams or to see what teams win to help us out the only other time it was 2018 when we were watching i think it was asu in oregon yeah i think you're right it was after the colorado game you guys had that yeah, uh, yeah that same as well. scenario yeah and then asu lot or yeah, ASU lost on that controversial touchdown <laughs> yeah. where his foot, when they were debating if his foot was in or out. 
So other than that, I think that's pretty much it. That's crazy. It's it's funny that it's happened twice this way where you've uh it was the first time that that you went to the Pac-12 championship and and for you it's the last time you're going to go to the Pac-12 championship. So, kind of crazy. Yeah, definitely weird, but you know, end result that's all that matters. So this week obviously it's 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 something where, you know, you've got to, you know, prepare for football. It's not that you wouldn't have been doing that before with the bowl game, but it's a, it's a little different, right? The, it's a game week. Uh it's it's earlier because it's a Friday, so that kind of shifts things around a little bit. Uh, just just kind of talk about like your emotions going into this game. Obviously, it's your last game for for bowl games, right? Or not bowl games for the Pac-12 championship and and everything that way. But what what are kind of your emotions going into this game, knowing that you've been there? This is an opportunity that you've seen before, but just everything kind of going into it. You know, I'm glad last year that you know we experienced Vegas for the first time, and then now going back to the same place, just different opponent. Um, I think it was good just because now, you know, we've been to the championship two years prior to that. We lost both of them. So it was good, I think, for the older guys, you know, to go there again, but actually win to know how to prepare the feeling of it, you know, how everything looks, the routine. So I think that's good that now we're familiar with it. So then when we go back, it's kind of, you know, just copy and paste, just a different opponent. Um, But it's good that the older guys know. So the younger guys can really, like the younger guys, if this is their first time going, it kind of, we can kind of help them out more so the team's not frazzled or feel like they're out there routine. It's just, you know, but at the end of the day, it's just another game in the sense of, you know, we got to prepare. We're going to fly out to another state, you know, it's an away game. And then we just got to play Utah football and, you know, trust in our preparation and, and try to pull out the W. And that's pretty much it, you know, just play Utah football, no matter if it's championship uh, against Colorado last week against Florida, the first game. Um, I think it just matters that we play our, our brand of football and just prepare as best as we can. Uh, with with this game, obviously, it's USC. USC has always been one of those teams that uh, it feels like you guys get up for a little bit more. I mean, it's it's obviously a storied uh, program. It's a, it's a team that, that obviously has had a lot of success over the years. What What is it about USC that just kind of maybe gets the blood boiling a different way, right? Like where you're just more a little amped or, or whatever it may be that that playing them is is different. And, and are they different than any other Pac-12 team that you've played? Um, I think it really stems from when the conference used to be north and south. I think it would always, from my time being here, it was, we always have to be SC. Because I think the south was... You know, I mean, we have great teams in the whole Pac-12, but like when we had the North and South, I felt like the South was a little bit tougher just in the sense of we have ASU, USC, UCLA, you know, and um, I think it really came out to either Utah or USC when it came into the South. It was always that game that people were waiting to see. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're a great team, talented team. Uh, they got great players and great coaching staff. And, I mean, it's SC, so they're always going to be ready and have have the guys that they do uh but you know i think it's it's i don't know i think it just comes down it's just when when usc plays utah you always know it's going to be either a close game or it's just going to be just a dog fight you know and you know i think we we love being in that situation i guarantee they guarantee you they do too but uh you know who would have thought that we played them already during the season and then now we're playing them again for the championship you know that's exciting and uh you know, I think it's just going to be a dogfight, and, and we're just looking forward to it. Is your is your family making the trip to Vegas? Yeah, I have a couple family members coming. Um, you know, it's just hard because we won against Colorado. Had to wait for everything else to plan out, and then now everyone else, everyone's scrambling to find like hotel rooms. This, like, you know, just to accommodate travel and everything. And you already know everything's kind of going to kind of be pumped up, anyways, because of the championship game and stuff like that. So I'm fortunate to have a couple family members go. Um, I wish I could definitely have more, but, you know, family's family. So, you know, just the regulars are coming. There's a story on our website about an Oregon fan that I think it was when they were up 31 to 10, they bought a box in the Allegiant Stadium thinking that their team was going to make it. And obviously Oregon State ended up coming back and winning, but it was like an $11,000 suite that they uh, that they got with catering and everything that uh, he's probably not too happy that he got at this point. So I can only imagine like once the, uh, the Washington, Washington State game was over, there was a mad rush of Utah fans and USC fans to, to try to get those tickets. And on the secondary marketplace, at least, the tickets went from, you know, uh, 
tens of dollars to hundreds of dollars really quickly. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's officially sold out. So it's going to be a great environment. Uh, you talked about being there before. This is your third. This will be your fourth time being uh, in the championship championship game. Second time being in Vegas. How much additional um, mentoring are you able to provide some of these younger players? Because you know, for some, you know, someone like a Micaiah Cope, this is his first, or uh, you know, uh, a Jaquinda Jackson, this is uh, you know, technically his second, but it's his first playing running. But how, how much of a opportunity are you are you going to be in mentoring some of these younger guys and just being like, hey, don't let the moment kind of get too big, you know, kind of just do your one eleventh and kind of let the team kind of worry about the rest. Yeah. I think it just starts off in practice. You know, um, everyone gets reps in practice and, you know, guys like Makai and, and uh, JJ, you know, they're really stepping up and they're making plays. Um, and I don't, I have no fear or doubt that the moment would be too big for them. I think especially the way the season's planned out, we've had a lot of, uh, I wouldn't say hiccups, but people getting hurt or, other situations that force people to step up and be ready to go. And I think they took full advantage of it. You know, we got a lot of young guys that are really stepping up and I'm confident in, and uh, I don't think the moment would be too big, but if, I mean, if that situation arises, you know, it's just, we stick to the game plan and and not try to do too much or force too much. And just, you know, at the end of the day, it's football, you know, we're not really um, trying to be out there forcing it too much. You know, it's just a game at the end of the day, just trust the preparation, trust the practice that you put in or the time you put in and then just trust the game plan, you know, and, and everything will take care of itself. So I think that's the biggest message I can give. It's it's not often that you guys play the same team twice in the same year, right? Last year you got that with Oregon. Obviously you play them in the championship game again. Uh, this year you get USC, which is even more rare because they are, like you said, the South division, which is no longer, <laughs> Um, but when when you have a team like that, where you, you obviously gave them their only loss of the season, you know they're you know tonight when the college football playoff ranking come out, they're most likely going to be in the top four. Uh, Caleb Williams is expected to be a Heisman uh, winner, or you know at least in the top three, whatever it is, if you believe what a lot of the national media say. You know, with with a lot of that going on, is it easy for you guys to kind of? be distracted by that or is that more on their side do you think or or does any of that factor into it or is it you know like how did how did those outside things kind of uh take their course in 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 kind of the utah football program i mean credit to sc and you know credit to the quarterback caleb i mean he's a great player and and they have a great team i mean their track record proves it especially what they've done this year um but then today you got to play football you know and not necessarily saying like Oh, like you get the accolades, blah blah blah, and but we're here to play football. Like, no, that's that's a good accomplishment for their, their team and you know their quarterback, and that's just all respect, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, we we still have a game to show up and play this Friday, and uh, like I said, we're just gonna prepare like we know how to, and you know, just block out the noise and just work and focus on the guys that are in that building or in the in the staff that's in the building, and just go from there. Just play Utah football. I mean, nothing else really matters. You don't win games on. Um, people and again not saying like anything about uc football but just media in general you don't win games on media talking you know you win by how you prepare and practice um and then how making plays and the outcome of the game so you know we're just focused we're locked in we're ready to go and you know it's our second 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 championship back to back and uh, it's a big game i mean sc's a great team they got great players like i said earlier so we're gonna have a hands full but you know we're ready and uh, we need to be ready, and we'll see how it lays out Friday night. Kyle Whittingham yesterday talked about maybe being a little bit of an underdog uh, coming into this game, um, and, and it, it caught people a little by surprise because, it, you know, you guys were picked to win the, the conference this year. Uh, obviously, there was a lot of lofty expectations on you guys. Uh, do, do you guys feel like underdogs, or, I mean, do you feel like this program, especially from where you started at 2018, you know, you go to the championship game, you lose 10 to 10 to three. It was a, it was a dog fight. You obviously limped into it with Tyler Huntley gone and Zach Moss gone. You know, what, where do you feel like it's changed this, this far into your career? And do you feel like an underdog still, or does it feel like Utah shouldn't be considered that in, in your eyes? Um, well, with the expectations that we, so Utah's always had that mantra of, you know, be the hunter, not the hunted, you know, and, it's always good to have that mentality that you're under underdog. You should never think you're top dog. You don't have to work. You don't have to put in the extra time. Um, but, you know, Utah, since I've been here, has been just, you know, steadily rising as 
a program, you know, on the West Coast, like one of the top programs on the West Coast and in the country. I mean, we've been ranked every single year. Um, but, you know, I, I think that once we start, you know, getting all these um, expectations, this, that, and the other, we don't really listen to it. But, you know, when when the time comes to show that we're a big program, we need to show it. And, uh, you know, I'm confident in our guys and, and our coaches and, you know, our support staff that Utah can be one of the top programs in the country. Um, so, you know, every time we get an opportunity, like example, this week against SC, you know, we have to prove that, you know, we're confident in ourselves and in our team and our preparation and how we practice and everyone that's involved. And, you know, we got to put that on full display to let the world know that we believe in ourselves. So, I mean, we're not necessarily looking for the feedback of Utah's this, Utah's that, but, uh, you know, we know we we work hard. We come in every day, try to be better and, and stuff like that. So, um, like I said, just trying to put everything together and just be the team that we can be, I guess, is what I'm ultimately saying. If you guys win, it's a, 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 a trip to Pasadena to play in the Rose Bowl again. Is that a, an additional motivating factor in this, or is it just USC is the only thought at this point? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can think about it because obviously that's that's an out, a realistic outcome. But uh, I think the biggest thing is just taking it day by day, play by play, and just focusing on USC for right now because everything else comes after will be a bonus. But you know, I think the biggest thing that's right now is SC this Friday. So that would be cool, though. I mean, I know you guys want to go back to LA. <laughs> <laughs> if if it doesn't rain, I'd like that. That way, I can actually like enjoy my time in LA. Yeah. I'm, this is and first. with the COVID, the COVID restrictions yeah. lifted as well. Look, mm-hmm. this is first world problems here. I'm, I, I get it, yeah. but seriously, <laughs> I, I have to ask, and this is, this is gonna, it's probably gonna sound like a stupid question, but I mean, is it easy to, to have fun during the season, or is it just kind of by, especially at this point in the season, is it just kind of, let's get through it, let's do it. I mean, obviously, there's little incremental things that you can have fun, and you have fun on the field and different things, but like, is it, is it harder as the season progresses to kind of enjoy the game? I think if you if you get to that point, you know, I think it's time to hang it up. You know, that's fair. Even though there's even though there's circumstances and things that happen and, you know, if you're you've got to be up early and be there all day, you know, that stuff can can get tiring. But at the end of the day, you're playing a kid's sport, you know, and, you know, I find myself sometimes thinking like, oh, we have a lift. We have this. We have that. But it's like, man, it's my last year of college football. Like I just I just want to have fun with it and, you know, just be with the guys and just laugh and, you know, go to work and get better every day. And it's just, you know, I think I just love this sport so much and owe so much to it that, you know, of course there's time. I mean, everybody gets like that with whatever they do. Um, but the biggest thing is just not to lose the love for it. Cause I mean, what is not fun to love about this game and, you know, play this game, you know, that's the biggest thing for me. So yeah, I'm still loving it. I'm still enjoying it. You know, school can, School and football don't mix well together sometimes. You know, I'm, I'm still blessed to be in the position that I am. I'm still trying to have fun with it. So you're saying there's still the student aspect of a student athlete, right? <laughs> athlete student. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's exactly it. Um, you know, last year, obviously, you guys used, you know, Ty Jordan, Aaron Lowe as a big motivating factor to kind of help you guys get to where you are. Obviously, winning the championship, that was a huge, you know, I, I, it was a sigh of relief in a lot of ways, but it was also a... Uh, a testament to the hard work of, of who these guys were to help you, right? Obviously you had uh, Aaron Lowe's mom there and, and you had a lot of people really rooting for you around the country to be able to, to get that championship win. Uh, this year you've had, you know, the, the helmets twice uh, that you've been able to wear. Is this one of those things where you, you keep trying to, to take them with you in this? Or do you feel like, I don't want to sound callous, right? Like, I don't want to say like you're moving on, but like, do you feel like they're still a part of that, that you still want to kind of prove to them and, and kind of the, that memory that, that, you know, this is where they belong and where you belong as well. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, last year it was more, I think it was more just the timing of everything that kind of made it more, you know, I mean, you know, rest in peace are in low that it happened during the season, like the third, fourth game down the line. I believe whenever we played Washington state, um, but it was just so fresh to everybody, especially with Ty the year before. So I think it was just so fresh, but I mean, if you really knew those guys and how much work they put in and how much they cared about other people and how great of people they were, it never really left. You know, we still, when you walk in the building, you still see, you know, tributes to them. I mean, their lockers, 
uh, signs up in the building, you know, it, they never, they're never going to go away, you know, and, and I'd be really disappointed if they did go away, you know, cause there was just such a, you know, it's a big thing for the program, you know, not just saying that these guys went here, but how much they impacted, you know, the team, the state of Utah and everything around the country as well. So, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I would, trust me, if I would rather have them here right now than having, you know, the tribute to them, to be honest. Um, but you know, this is for them. I mean, ever since everything happened, you know, we lost our brothers. So in a sense, it's like, if they can't be here with us, we're going to do it for them. So, you know, I'm grateful and honored to, you know, have a great group of guys that really support and, you know, they miss them just as much as I do, you know, and there's guys I miss them more than us that had that more connection like JJ and everybody. So, you know, just keep playing for them. And, you know, they're always going to be with us, no matter if it's a helmet, a banner or anything like that, you know, they were people um, that we loved and cared about. Obviously, Virginia experienced something similar this year with uh, three of their their football team members. Uh, they were killed. Do you do you, I mean, can you kind of sympathize with them for not wanting to play those last games or, or where it came in your guys season? Do you feel like you had to kind of push forward? You obviously had the bye week, which obviously could have helped with, you know, the grieving to some extent. But do you, do you kind of see what they went through and, and you're just like, you know what, like I probably would have been in the same situation if it was the last two or, or how did, how did that kind of work and transpire with your guys' decisions on how to move forward? Well, I mean, yeah, I and mean, that's, that's, that's horrible, you know, losing three of your brothers like that in a span of a weekend, you know, it's just like, I, I would have done the same thing. I don't think I would have played. And, you know, like I said, it being so fresh and, you know, rest in peace to those three, uh, those three players and, people more importantly um but yeah man it's just sad it's just more of the sense of you know life is bigger than football at times you know and it's just tough to even think about you know imagine if that was like your brother or your i mean i'm too young to have kids but like your son or your friend you know family member cousin uncle whatever whatever like it's it's sad to lose people and especially in that in that way and they're too young and you know i can go on and on and on but I mean, yeah, it's tough. You know, you, you're really shell-shocked and you really sit back and think about life and, you know, what's most important to you and letting people know how much you love them. And it kind of gives you like that reset that, because you we always get so caught up in a routine and forget to do the little things, but the little things really do matter. So, you know, my condolences to Virginia and those three players and people more importantly. Um, but yeah, man, it's tough. I don't blame them at all. I didn't want to, I didn't want to like, take this podcast down but uh i, I think that's an important no, perspective right like yeah and i, I think yeah. that's what you said right like it's this is real life right like we sit here my job is literally to report on sports right i report on you guys my job is to follow you guys around and do that and it's a great job right like i i am very blessed with that um but at the same time like you mentioned this is this is real life right like life is fragile and there's real relationships and it's like it's easy for me to sit here and talk about ty and aaron and and i had a relationship with them in the sense that media and, and player but not the same as you right like the fans don't have that same relationship either like this is like somebody that you know you you sweat with and you worked with and you did all these things with and and i think those things matter and so like it's it, it it, it's easy to be able to say like, oh, are they still doing this? I don't think people are saying that, so don't don't say that. But like, it, I think it's easy for people to look at it and it's like, how long is this going to drag on? When in reality, for you guys, it's like, this is my brother. This is what we're doing this for, right? And so I think mm-hmm. any tribute to that probably, it, it means that much more to you guys. And it's not just like the university or you guys trying to, to fabricate this thing, trying to like market it. You know what I mean? If that, if that makes any sense. So um, I don't know. I, I think that's a tough position, but I think... I think it's it's something that's rallied uh, this Utah fan base together, and obviously you have the the moment of loudness that that's carried on, and I'm I'm sure that will continue to carry on, like they've mentioned. So, um, I I you know I think this is it, this is a real life situation, and things happen, and um, it's unfortunate to be there, but it's it's cool to kind of see you guys play on the field and and kind of rally above that because quite honestly, I don't know if I could have done it. You know, I, I look at you know that bye week. I don't know if there was ever a better bye week in the history of bye weeks, right? Like just to mm-hmm. be able to see that. And then you guys go play USC and kind of let the demons out. And so it's kind of like this cool moment to be able to see. And so for me, like when you guys play USC, that's always kind of the team that, that is always going to be that, that game that, that you guys kind of rose up. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think, like you said, having that bye week last year definitely paid off and really got us together and brought us 
together even closer. So, I mean, you know, big games like this, man, we just got to stick together and just be a fist, you know, and, and um, prepare every day. And like I always say, I know the basic vanilla answer, just prepare every day and just be the best player that you can be, be the best teammate you can be and really add value and contribute to the role that you have. And, you know, I'm excited for this week. I'm excited for the opportunity to play SC again and in, in the championship and, you know, can't wait for Friday. I have to ask you one one more question about some of your teammates. Obviously, Clark Phillips, he's named a finalist um, for the, for I'm blanking on this award, the Jim Thorpe. I can't remember now. Um, but then mm-hmm. you have you have Dalton Kincaid that was kind of snubbed for the McKay, McKay Award. I mean, do you do you kind of talk about those things? Do you guys care about those things? I mean, it's 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 national awards that, that matter to to people, and obviously it's it's an encouraging thing. But when you look at him as a as a tight end in the country, I mean, is it hard? to kind of see stuff like that? Or do you care? I mean, like, how, how does that kind of play out in the locker room? I mean, yeah, I saw it on Twitter. I mean, I haven't been to the locker room yet to really hear about what other people think. But uh, from what I've seen on Twitter, I agree. I mean, man, like really you can't be in a finalist spot for that, you know? And it's just like the numbers don't lie. The tape doesn't lie, you know? And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's above my pay grade. But I know Dalton's a hell of a player. Um, and you know, congrats to Clark as well. He's a hell of a player too. Um, but man, for Dalton, like, come, we got to be better people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess he has to show out right? a bit more against USC, right? No, definitely. I mean, I, I he's got to go for seventeen catches this time. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't understand how it all worked, but all I know is that he should have been a finalist for sure. I mean, numbers don't lie, tape doesn't lie. This is true. Well, thank you so much, Solo. Okay. Honestly. Um, I, I think it's going to be a great opportunity. Rob, did you have something you wanted to say? Yeah. No, I was just going to say, when do you guys take off for Vegas? What do we take off? When? Yeah, when? Oh, we'll head out Thursday, just like the day before. Oh, like okay. just any, yeah, just like any regular away game or anything like that. I think people get caught up because it's like championship week. Like, oh, you guys can be down there and like practicing and stuff. It's like, no, we still practice here in the snow. And then we fly down there and, you know, right after the game head out type stuff. But uh, yeah, we'll head out Thursday and then play Friday and then be back Friday night. Do you get an opportunity to walk through Allegiant stadium before you guys play? Like when you get there Thursday night at all, or is it as soon as, you know, Friday, uh, is that your first time essentially for the game walking through the stadium? Yeah. I mean, we did last year and I, and I think that really helped us. So hopefully we do that again this year. Um, Yeah. I mean, I just love being in that stadium and seeing the field painted and, it just sets the vibes and really gets you locked in for the next night. So I, I hope we can do that. That's really cool. I think it'll be a great environment. It, it sounds like it's going to be a sellout environment that uh, probably even bigger than than last year, which is crazy to think because that place was rocking. So uh, it'll be mm-hmm. it'll be a fun environment, and I'm sure the country will be paying attention. There's not a lot of the other championship games around the country aren't as as uh, interesting, I would argue, as as this one coming up. So. I think there's going to a lot of, be a lot of eyeballs on the game, and I think you guys have a great opportunity ahead of you. So, uh, but I, you know, look, we, we appreciate you coming on every single week. I mean, this has been a long season. You've been honest with us. You've given us a lot of great feedback, and I think you've you've really helped the fans understand kind of what what goes on behind the scenes. And um, obviously, you're a great dude, and and uh, we appreciate any time that that you're willing to to share with us. No, you're a great dude, man. I'm just kidding. No, but I no, appreciate the opportunity. No. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I appreciate the opportunity, man. And I've loved talking every single week um, to both of y'all. You know, it's just been a great time. And, you know, I'm grateful for the opportunity, like I said. And, you know, just getting to really talk to you guys, get to know each other more and talk what we love, football and and fizz drinks, salty, <laughs> sugary sweets, and all the above. You know, I'm grateful for, and I loved every second of it. By the way, that day, I was, I was hurting. So, oh, I knew <laughs> it. I knew it. Just basically <laughs> pour the sugar in my mouth next time. <laughs> no, I'm grateful, man. I appreciate y'all so much. So, well, thank you so well, much. Good luck on uh, Friday night. Yeah, thank you. See you guys then. Yeah. See you solo. That's awesome. He's he, you know, I keep saying this every time. You know, he he logs off, but uh, he's he's a a great person to be able to chat with. Uh, he he really does give us honest feedback, and um, I I think you know Utah fans have really enjoyed him as a member of the University of Utah football team. Uh, he's he's one that really just does everything for for Utah, and and it's cool to to be able to see him really get to play in four championship games. So I don't know. That's that's crazy to think that. 
you know, Utah had never been in, in any of that kind of scenario, and he got to be in four of them. I, it just goes to show the, the kind of class that uh, they brought in. And uh, the, the, the difference here for Utah versus when he first came in is, is the depth. The 2018 class, uh, you mentioned that, you know, they went up and they faced Washington. They didn't have Tyler Huntley and they didn't have Zach Moss. They both got banged up. So yeah. Jason Shelley. And I believe uh, Armand Shine Armand is a running Shine, back. Yeah. And, you know, they, they played admirably. They had a chance to, to win. They had a, a ball get tipped. <clears throat> They got returned for the, the lone touchdown of the game. Otherwise, you played as well as you could have. You had a chance to, to tie it at the end and just couldn't make the play. But uh, the next year, it's kind of the same thing. You lose a couple of players to injury. You don't have the depth. And you meet a uh, incredible quarterback in Justin Herbert who just kind of steamrolls you. Um, they were the better team that day. Uh, you got the rematch with Oregon um, two years later. And you were the, it was the exact opposite. You were the, the team doing the dominating. And here, here we are. He has a chance to, to go up two to two in his uh, Pac-12 championship career. Uh, and that would be pretty awesome for Utah to be in four of the last five, four of four, if you don't count COVID year, which no one does. And uh, um, I didn't realize that Michigan was like two and it's like three and six in the COVID year too. I, I didn't have any, you know, anyway, uh, got sidetracked there, but I mean, to go two and two in your PAC 12 championship games, that's pretty awesome. And they have a chance to do that. Uh, if you look at the, the odds, what USC is favored by three. Um, I, I think that's fair. Uh, Utah won by one at home. Uh, so give, uh, you take away those home three points then you would say Utah USC is favored by two, potentially three. Um, but I, I expect a great game. This is going to be which team can make the adjustments from their first meeting. Uh, Utah seems to have hit their hit the ground running with the, on the defensive side of the football. I mean, holding Oregon to twenty points that should have been enough for a win. But when you throw you know three uh, interceptions, you miss a field goal, you have a couple of costly miscues uh, and not converting fourth downs, whatnot. Uh, and that's where we're at. So, I don't know. What do, what do you kind of see happening in this game? And uh, what is it going to take for Utah to come out on the winning side? Yeah, I think this is this is one of those games where, like you mentioned, it's it's all about the, about the adjustments, right? Like it's it, it's two teams that have recent tape on each other, and they've been able to see how each other works throughout the last. I think it's the last six games that they had. So, uh, not not much has necessarily changed, right? Like it's not like there's going to be this huge uh, wholesale changes for either programs. But you're seeing teams that are, are more established. They're more um, experienced in, in what they're doing. Uh, Kyle Whittingham mentioned that, that USC kind of had moved from a 10 personnel to an 11 personnel. That's essentially bringing a tight end onto the line and uh, giving them another option that way in, in pass blocking as well as, uh, you know, in the receiving game. Um, but it, 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 it's kind of changed that way. Um, but then Utah, you know, their defense, like you mentioned, they've, they've gotten an opportunity to really show how they've progressed. They've even lost some guys. Um, the, you know, the guys are injured, but they're still being able to step up and, and do what they need to do. So this is, this is one of those games where, look, I don't think there's necessarily anything that changes. Caleb Williams is still going to be a phenomenal quarterback. He's still somebody that is going, going to be really difficult to contain. And I think it's, it's really going to come down to what Utah's defense is able to do against him. Uh, look, if they can make him look even just a little bit less than, than superhuman, you know, I think that gives Utah a, a good chance. Now, obviously, the offense has to has to you know fire on all cylinders, and they have to do what they need to do. So, I don't want to take that for granted, but I but I really do think it comes down to what Utah's defense is able to do against Caleb Williams. Are they able to get you know QB hurries? I don't even think you have to sack him necessarily, but you got to be able to put pressure on him and make sure that he's you know he's he's not able to to be comfortable back there. Um, and 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 to be fair, like it's it's one of those things that Utah did. Uh, the last time they played him, you know, he, they would get into the backfield, but he would roll out, and, and he's just slippery, right? I mean, he's a he's a guy that knows how to evade tackles, and uh, he he can extend the play on the run. And I mean, there were several times where he ran right to the line of scrimmage and then passed the ball, and and it's tough, right? It's hard it's hard for those those players in the secondary to be able to contain for that long and and, and keep it. But you know, if there's any any saving grace, you know, that USC game, especially that second half, is where Utah's defense turned. That's the time where 
They said, okay, this is what we're going to do. They'd simplified their defense. They did things that allowed them to be able to make it a little easier on themselves. And from that time forward, their defense has been pretty solid. So maybe it was the the cure to be able to help them. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but I think that's kind of the key to the game. So, I, I you know, I'm curious your perspective on this as being a fan of the program. Uh, obviously, you know, your emotions are tied into it a little differently than, uh, than, than maybe mine would be. Uh, when, when, you, when you look at this, what, what scares you the most going into this game? Uh, Caleb Williams. Um, it starts and ends with him. Um, you, you look at a team like Oregon State, you know, they're, they're solid on 21 positions on the field. They're missing one position. What is that position? Quarterback, right? I mean, not to get, take anything away from Ben Goldbranson. There's a reason why they didn't throw the ball the last 20 minutes of that game. Which is crazy. We were able to come out with the win. It, it, that's just crazy, right? They they were down 11, or 21, excuse me. They were down 21 with, you know, 18 to 20 minutes left in the game. They didn't throw a single pass and they came back and won. Um, Credit Jonathan Smith. That was that was amazing, and and that gives Utah to, to even be in this position. So I you you look at this game, and it all boils down to Utah's defense versus Caleb Williams. Because if he scores every single time he touches the football, that, I mean, you could have the best offense in the game. You can't you you can't match toe to toe with with USC. You're gonna have to come up with stops. And everybody's going to say, well, Utah did it last time. Well, technically they didn't. You know, they they, they got uh, uh, an incredible performance out of Dalton Kincaid. So, yeah, yes, they did go blow for blow. That was at home. It was an emotionally charged night. They were wearing the uh, the Ty Jordan, Aaron Lowe tribute helmets. Like, they had everything going for them that game. Uh, they had a, a couple calls that you could say were – I'm not going to say controversial, but they the calls that could have gone either way that ended up bouncing in Utah's favor. Uh, that t- one took away a, a, an interception that came rising through, and that Utah ended up converting it into a touchdown. Um, so I, I feel like there there were things that went Utah's way, and I'm not I'm not saying that everything's going to have to go Utah's way again to beat USC. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying here is Utah's defense needs to figure out a way to slow down Caleb Williams. He's going to get his own right, just like. You could double team LeBron James in his prime, maybe not so much now. You could double team LeBron in his prime, and he's still going to go for you know twenty eight and ten, right? Like he he's just going to get his own. But if you can limit the the big play potential that he has, if you can contain the the receiver, and that's a tall thing to do, right? Like there's a reason why Jordan Addison was the number one uh, transfer recruit in the country. There's a reason why. Um, they have like Brendan Rice, you know, somebody that's so fast on the outside, Mario Williams, you, you, you go down the list and it's like, okay, which weapon are we going to try to take away? And for Utah, historically, it's always been, we're going to take away the run. Well, you know, Travis dies out in this game. No surprise. He's hurt. Uh, but the USC has been trotting out somebody and they, they seem to be picking up right where Travis left off. They seem to be doing just fine. They ran the ball effectively against Notre Dame, which, you know, in theory, was you know at least a decent defense, maybe not great, but at least decent, and they 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 were able to run the ball over him. So this game is going to be Utah's secondary and the front seven and getting pressure on Caleb Williams. And if they can do that, that gives their offense a chance, right? Without Tavion Thomas, you've got a, a backfield that is getting better, but this will be their biggest test. Uh, you know, they faced they faced Oregon. Uh, when they had Tavion, um, now they're going to be facing a USC team with Makai Bernard as your number one, Jaquindon is probably your number two, and Jalen is your number three. Is, is that going to be enough? Is Cam Rising going to suddenly um, be that much better from a, a performance where, you know, two weeks ago he threw three interceptions and missed a critical throw on a, a fourth down, a short fourth down to Dalton Kincaid that at least could have preserved the game a little bit longer. So th- those are the big things for me. Uh, but I, I, if I was to pick out one thing and one thing only, it would be Caleb Williams. And there's a reason why he's in the, the Heisman talk, right? Like there's a reason why, you know, media across the country think that he may be the best player in all of college football. And, he, and how do you defend that? No, absolutely. I mean, there, there's not many other people that could, you know, maybe be in that same category. 
Uh, out west, it's Michael Penix Jr. I mean, I think he's obviously shown that he can he can do. That. I mean, he the guy averages over 300 yards every single game. I mean, he's he does phenomenal things. He keeps Washington alive, and 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 a lot of the credit that that Washington's had is has really been because of Michael Penix Jr. So I mean, that's one of the transfer QBs that that obviously has had a lot of success. Caleb Williams obviously is a transfer QB as well. So it, it's been interesting to kind of see this and. Uh, you know, speaking of Washington, I think this is the, an interesting point to kind of move from uh, this this game, the Pac-12 championship game. It's it's a lot of people are kind of already saying that if if USC wins this game, they're in the in the playoff. And I don't think there's anybody that would argue with that, right? And I, you know, and I think in a lot of ways you could even argue that if they lost it, they still probably deserve a shot there over Alabama or Ohio State. Maybe not Ohio State. That that one could be a toss up, um, but it, it's still an interesting conversation. But beyond that, let's say Utah loses this game, that that leaves them to a bunch of scenarios for bowl games, right? If USC goes to the playoff, that means the entire bowl order shifts up in the Pac-12. So that means the Rose Bowl becomes the first one to pick. Um, it traditionally has just gone to the team that wins the you know the Pac-12 championship. But then it, it, it kind of changes if that team gets selected to the playoff. And so it's it's an interesting scenario because traditionally, that's the word that they use, traditionally they to choose the team that is ranked the highest in the college football playoff rankings. Now, I don't believe, let's see, it's been 2017 was the last time that, that uh, uh, the Pac-12 got somebody into the uh, college football playoff. So it's it's been a while since we've seen this, and there's not really a lot of precedence there. Um, what would happen, though, unless something crazy happens tonight when the college football playoff rankings are released, and, and maybe by the time you're listening to this, they have been released, so this could be old news, Washington is most likely going to be above Utah. Um, Utah, you know, coming off of a loss, that puts them at four losses on the season. Sure, it's a championship game loss, and uh, it's hard to kind of hold those losses as, as much as a regular season loss, but that puts them below Washington in that scenario. You know, do you feel like this is this is one of those things where Utah has to win or they get a, a bowl game that isn't ideal? Maybe it's the Alamo where they have to match up with, with Texas again. Uh, is this an, a scenario where, you know, now a bunch of players opt out? Like, what, what do you think from this based on, on the scenarios that, that have been described? I, yeah, so it's it's Rose it, to, to win, to, to, make, to make it to the Rose Bowl, you got to win. I mean, that's the only path that I see. Um, Washington State or Washington, excuse me, is done for the season, right? Like their their season, regular season is over. They don't have any more games to potentially bump them down, right? Same with the, same with Oregon. Uh, Utah should be ranked above Oregon, having you know just Oregon having the the defeat. But we'll see where the committee uh, ranks everybody. So yeah, you, you you do at least have the one team in front of you, and then it's okay. Yeah, you you go from having a chance to play at the Rose Bowl to having to play at the Alamo Bowl. And just like we saw a couple of years ago when Utah played Texas in the Alamo Bowl, Utah had a handful of players opt out for that game to prepare for the NFL draft. And I'm not going to blame anybody for doing that because if I was in that situation, I'd want guaranteed money too, right? Like who's going to be writing out the insurance checks if I get hurt in that game, you know, <laughs> or if I hurt my draft stock, whatever it might be like these players um, have done everything that they could to, to, uh, to play for the university and at, at, you know, but once the, the regular season is over, potentially the Pac-12 championship game, then they're, they could be turned loose. And, you know, we could even see a situation where if they, they make the Rose bowl, certain players may want to opt out as well. Uh, we saw it with Ohio state last year where a handful of receivers decided not to play in that game. They were ended up being first round draft picks, but their backups were, you know, just as good. <laughs> and that's the crazy thing. Uh, I mean, Utah may have depth, but they don't, you don't have Ohio State depth, right? Where your your backups are five-star guys too. Um, and that's, uh, you know, that's just the, the reality of college football. There's only a handful of teams that can probably claim that. Um, so, yeah, you know, for, for Utah, they do have to win this game. But at the same time, it's like if you can't beat USC in a championship game with a ton on the line, a team that you've already beaten earlier in the season, then you're, you probably, you know, let's face it, the reality, you probably wouldn't beat an Ohio state team in the Rose bowl. Right. So facing off against a team, you know, like Texas and the Alamo bowl, while it's, it's a little bit of a downer from fan expectations. It's still, it would probably be a better matchup for Utah considering, um, you know, what's at stake. So, you know, I, 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 I'm really excited for this game, and I really didn't see it coming, you know, because we were watching the, the Oregon game and it's thinking it's over, right? 
Uh, Oregon's going to to go on to the championship game. And, and then the ball started to roll their way. And, you know, this is, uh, you know, the first time that that's kind of happened since, what, 2018, where the ball rolled Utah's way to kind of set them up to go to the Pac-12 championship game. If Utah, if, if the Pac-12 was still in the division, the North-South divisions, Utah would not be competing for the championship this year uh, because they changed the rule this year um, to say, say we're going to take the top two teams because Washington it forced a three-way tie with Utah and Oregon. Uh, and because Utah didn't play, Washington forced the you know the the tiebreaker to to advance all the way to strength the schedule, and Utah ha- happened to advance on that. Like everything's happening for Utah to to make it to this game, and now it's up to the players to to execute. And can the coaches put them in the uh, a position to succeed? You know the the first half of that first time that Utah played USC. It looked like Utah would have lost 42 to, to 10, you know, like they're, they're getting ran off the field. They made some adjustments. They came back. They scored on five of six second half possessions. That, I mean, that's unheard of. And they ended up coming away with the win. You know, it, it's going to take that killer mentality mentality to, to get it done uh, in, in Vegas. But it, it's championship week. If your backs aren't against the wall, if you're not playing for everything, like what then what are you playing for? You know, like this is the, the exactly the type of game that Utah – and its fans should should want and expect from the program. This is this is this is what it all boils down to. And and if Utah wins, like that's awesome. You get to go to the Rose Bowl. And I think a lot of our players, you know, Solomon included, would love us another shot at you know redemption. And, and if you get matched up with Ohio State, even better because uh, I, I'm sure there's a lot of fans that. And, and players especially that kind of have that bad taste in their mouth. It's like, yeah, it was awesome to go to the Rose Bowl, but man, I just want to win that next one. Well, and I think this is an, a scenario for for Utah to really kind of show who they are, right? Like he, coming into the season, Kyle Whittingham had talked about he he wants his team to be able to be in these big games, right? Like, and and they've been able to be in a lot of these big games the last few years. Um, but th- the next level of this program is is not necessarily just being good; they have to try to be great, right? Like if that's where they really want to to advance. That's where they need to go, and they need to start winning these games. So, look, you know, great teams still lose, right? Like, it's, it's not like Ohio State, everybody considers them not this great team. It, it's just a matter of maybe they ran into a greater team. That may be the case this weekend, right? Like, this, that may be the case where USC is just better. Now, sure, Utah, you know, got the first win this year, and, and that's not necessarily a predictor of, of how that game will, will play out on Friday. But I think this is an opportunity for Utah to really kind of showcase who it is. Is this the moment where, you know, when the pressure's on and, and you continue to, to have these high expectations, do you wilt? Do you come into that and, and you know, you, you falter? You know, last year we saw that they didn't up until the Rose Bowl and they kind of lost that moment right at the end. But this year it's kind of been a different scenario where, you know, you go into the, the Florida game and you're ranked number seven in the country and there's a lot of expectations placed upon you as, you know, the, the Pac-12's favorite team to be a, a playoff contender. USC was still kind of in that conversation, but Utah was the favorite and, and there was a lot of expectations placed on the program. And, you know, the game didn't turn out that way. And now you see Florida, and it, it's hard to look at kind of how Utah lost that game given how bad Florida's been. But it's, it's, a, it's, it's an individualized game, right? Like, you have to come into these games, and you have to just win everything, right? Like, you, you, can't, you can't let anything up, or, or the other team is going to, to take effect and, and, and really just dominate. Uh, it, it's such a hard game and it's a head case game, right? Like you, you've got to be able to stay mentally engaged the entire time. Let the momentum come on. Like let let the you know the adversity you know kind of be passed aside, and so that you can can battle. And and that's what really separates the great teams from the good teams. It's the ones that are able to battle through adversity, and and really come back. And and, and we saw that with Utah with with the USC game the last time. But it's a matter of being at a higher stakes venue and being able to do it, right? Like everybody used to tout Kyle Whittingham's bowl record, and it was great, right? He had one of the best bowl records of any active uh, head coach, not even inactive head coaches, right? Like, I mean, it was just like an incredible statistic that Kyle Whittingham basically won every single bowl game that he went to. But you're starting to see that kind of falter a little bit. It's kind of come down to the mean a little bit, just simply because they're in much more big time scenarios, bigger games, bigger opportunities. And, and now this is an opportunity for you to continue to show it. Right. And so this, this is a great opportunity for the program. This is where they want to be. Kyle Whittingham talked about, you know, he's happy to have a nine and three season. And it's, it's funny that 
in years past, getting to nine wins, nine, 10 wins was, was considered a huge success. Whereas if you look at it this year, it feels kind of like a down year and, and it's kind of crazy to see where the programs come. So look, this is, this is where Utah wants to be. This is kind of what they've been working hard for. Uh, it's just a matter of now really kind of attaining what, what they really feel like is, is the next level as a program. And you, and you mentioned pressure for Utah, but USC has, I would say, even more pressure on oh, them sure. for this game is one, they already lost to Utah. That's the one blemish on the season. So they, there's the redemption factor. But USC has an opportunity to make it to the playoff for the first time for the Pac-12 for the first time since, what, 2017? For the first time for USC since the Pac-10 became the Pac-12. And before then, there wasn't even a playoff. Um so, I mean, and, and you also talk about, you know, the, the, the big game, Lincoln Riley, you know, there, he could never win the big game or he could never win in the BCS or he could never win in the playoff at Oklahoma. Does, how much of that does that play into it? I don't know. But I, I would say that USC has a ton of pressure on them as well, because I mean, would it be a letdown for them if they lose and play in the Rose Bowl? Probably not because it's year one of the rebuilding, but uh you know, any anytime you have a shot, like I, I, I'm reminded of the 2019 season where all Utah had to do was beat uh, Oregon, and that they could have been in the playoff, right? I think they were the fifth. They were uh, the fifth ranked team at the time, and they played Oregon in the championship game, and they they ended up getting bulldozed because you know uh, whatever reason Oregon was just the better team that day, and there was a letdown, right? Like Utah still went to a great bowl game and. Um, but there, there was a definitive letdown when you had that opportunity to potentially make it into the playoff and everybody was saying, well, even if you lose, you can still go to the Rose Bowl. That wasn't the case, right? Utah didn't go to the Rose Bowl um, because Oregon ended up taking their spot. Um, so it, it's kind of crazy um, for, for that. Uh, the other thing is, you know, as, as good as Utah's been, you know, at this four-game stretch for, you know, especially you look at that 2018 class that includes Solomon Enos. They they haven't won a bowl game, not one. Which is crazy you know, to think about. How much does that you know you consider you know how good Kyle Whittingham has been in bowl games? Like he was at ten and three in bowl games at one point, like unheard of um, percentage wise. And you know they lost to Northwestern again with a backup quarterback. They 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 got steamrolled by by uh, Texas. Uh, they just you know whatever reason Texas the, the just, down you know, came out and. Yeah, yeah. You could say going from the potential playoff or a potential Rose Bowl at worst to the Alamo Bowl against Texas in a you know de facto home game for them. Uh, there was a huge letdown factor. They lost to Ohio State, which that was a tough game. You had the lead for the majority of the game, and then uh, you know Cam Rising gets hurt on a critical series. You have to punt the ball away, and uh, Ohio State seemingly scored at will. Uh, you, you made a, a valiant effort with Bryce and Barnes to to tie the game up, but your defense just was overmatched. And so, can can uh, Utah get that first win for that 2018 draft or for that 2018 recruiting class? Sorry, um, you know that would be big. Uh, whether it is the Rose Bowl against whatever Big Ten team it, it is, or whether it's the Alamo Bowl, who a lot of uh, national media are saying is Texas, I think that that that's going to be a, a a big thing is can Utah get that first bull win in, in five years, essentially. Yeah. I mean, they have to take that next step, right? I mean, I think this is, this is one of those scenarios that, that Kyle Whittingham wants. He wants to be able to have it, but the, the reality is too, is in, in the world that we, we now live in, in college football, it's harder to win those games as a top program simply because you've got a lot of guys that will opt out if they don't get to what they, they want. Right. And, and you can't fault them because I mean, you look at Clark Phillips, if, if Utah does not go to the Rose bowl, there's quite honestly no reason for Clark Phillips to play in a bowl game because you know, his draft stock is, is already at an all time high. There's nothing he can get from that game. That's going to change it other than maybe a potential injury. So that, that's that's the hard spot, right? Is is it's really the Rose Bowl, or you're you're playing, you know, maybe some first string players, and then you've got a lot of second and third string guys that are coming in, and and that has a lot of advantages for the next season, and I think that's kind of how you have to approach these bowl games, but it, it definitely is a letdown in in terms of what what you're able to accomplish, and uh, that you know Utah's not going to be alone in this. There's there's teams all across the country that do this, and it's happening more and more as as these bowl games start 
you know, losing their relevance. I think that'll change a little bit when there's a 12 team playoff and, and that gives a few more teams, but I I think that's just the nature of it right now. And so look, this is, this is kind of in a lot of ways, Utah's bowl game, right? Like you've got to go into this game and you've got to think that, you know, it's win or bust. And, you know, if you can get there, you get a Rose bowl and that's great. I mean, the fact that Utah 12 years into the PAC 12 has been back-to-back Rose bowls would be a great feat. I mean, there's not a lot of teams that can say that, you know, TCU is the only other example that would be able to have uh, any type of, of scenario there. And they're a playoff team, right? Like that, that's, that's something where they both have kind of gone through their trials and, and struggles in the power five programs. And, and you're starting to see them kind of being in that, that, that upper echelon of the, of the teams, but it's not easy, right? Utah has been more consistent. TCU's had some up and downs, but it's, it's tough. And, and if you can, you know, have a nine and three season and then get into the Rose bowl again, I mean, you have to be happy with that. And, uh, so, you know, that, that's how Utah has to take this game. But I think, you know, like you mentioned, this, this is, there's a lot more pressure on USC in this game. You have a lot of people trying to get Caleb Williams, the Heisman. He has to have these Heisman moments. And, you know, a lot of people said he had that against Notre Dame. But you got to do it in the championship. you got to do that on the big stage. And, and if you don't do that, it's, it's a lot harder for people. And it, it's kind of tough. It's a double-edged sword because you made it to the top game and, and it has a lot of ramifications, too, of, of what could potentially be a playoff or, or Heisman or any of that stuff. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I think it'll be an exciting game. It's one that, like I said, I think is going to have a lot of people around the country watching. You want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And this is a great opportunity for Utah to, to make that mark, right? Like this is probably one of the best teams in since the pac you have to go back to like David Shaw's Stanford teams in the early days of the Pac-12, right? To to have a team this dominant as as what USC is this year. So if you if you want to claim to be Pac-12 champions, uh, you're, you're it's gonna be it's gonna be an incredible feat, and it's one that I don't think is impossible. It's not one that I think that every ball has to roll Utah's way. It's not one that I think that. You know, the refs are going to have to get involved or it's rigged or whatever it might be. I think that Utah has a legitimate shot. Obviously, they beat them earlier this season, um, but it's going to be difficult. It's going to take a, a clean game. It's not going to take perfection. You know, I, I think that's we're, – we're, we're not playing the 85 Bears, you know, but it it, <laughs> it, it is going to take um, a, a team effort and clean execution, and it's going to take um, – you know, a, a, an improved offense that maybe spreads the ball out a little bit more. You're not going to have Tavion Thomas. And so, you know, Utah was was fine uh, against Colorado. But, I mean, I think you or I could have played running back against Colorado. Not Nothing to take away against uh, Jaquindon or Jalen or Mackay, but – I think I think we could have at least gotten a few yards. I don't know. What do you think? I'll try. I'd probably pass out, but <laughs> uh, you know it, that would have been fun though to at least try. Um, let's let's simulate after that, that first. Can after we, the first hit, I probably would have been done. I, like, I want to yeah, do I'm like done. the you know how there's a lot of the VR stuff out there, the Oculus or Meta or oh, whatever. Yeah, that looks pretty fun. My my kids do that for baseball. They put that on and they'll they'll you know do baseball practice. It would be fun to like put that on on uh, for people. And I know cute quarterbacks they have that that they can do it as well. But you know there's a lot of fans that think oh all you have to do is this. But I want to get people involved in that and be able to see okay oh yeah you can hit that hole easy you know and I understand like you know you've been playing the game forever. But it'd be great to be able to see people like understand like how tiny those gaps are or what it takes to be able to do it. So that'd be a lot of fun. We should try it. Probably make, a lot harder than it looks. Let's make our money. But but th- this is a sign for of Utah's program. Like we're we're disappointed that Utah went nine and three. Like that's a, just you know how how many programs across the country would kill to go nine and three. You know, I I, I think that uh, sure you know expectations were were high you know this season. Um, and, and you you lost uh, you know three games. Um, that's the unfortunate thing, but. You know, you are a good team and you have a chance to be a great team. Uh, lining up Friday, uh, national TV, primetime, Fox. Uh, this is going to be a showcase for these for this Utah team to, to showcase that that first game wasn't a fluke, that they um, are the best team in the Pac-12. They didn't backdoor their way into anything. Um, and, you know, this will be a fun opportunity for Utah fans. I'm excited to see the environment. Because uh, I don't think that the first game was sold out. 
mm-hmm. uh, when they played Oregon uh, the first time in the the Allegiant Stadium. So I, th- I mean, this is going to be incredible. It's going to be uh, exactly what you would want uh, in. Uh, or I guess it'll be early December uh, for the Pac-12 championship game. This is exactly what George Klavikov wanted by eliminating the divisions and having the best two teams face off against each other. And it's going to be a a great atmosphere, and hopefully Utah can come out on top. Yeah, for for anybody that's either going to the game or going to watch that, which I assume is most of you that are listening to this, just go into it having fun, right? Like, just enjoy it. It's a great opportunity for Utah to be on a national stage again, uh, you know, you can tout the ratings of the the game or whatever it is that you want to do if you're into that kind of stuff. But just go into it having fun. Uh, you know, win or lose, it's still a successful season, and maybe it's not as as successful as as you wanted. It's it's still a disappointment to be able to go ten and, or nine and three, excuse me. But just have fun, right? Like in, enjoy the game. These things don't last that long, and and it's a great opportunity. So, anything more? I think well, we've I've, I think we've beaten that dead horse. I think I don't know. Is there more to beat? No, I think that's it. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we appreciate you guys listening to us all the time. And, and obviously, uh, we thank Solomon Enos for, for joining us and being able to give his perspective on the game and, and everything else. But uh, once again, you know, check us out every week as, as we uh, recap the games and look forward to, to everything else. And we'll have uh, Solomon Enos on again probably next week. Uh, we'll know a bowl game by that chance. It's either Rose Bowl or something else. So we'll be able to have all that. But... Thanks for listening, and we will catch up with you guys next time.